Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guests Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, Michael Canada is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, uh, Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be commenting on what's happening here locally as well. It is January the 26th, and on this day in 1788, Captain Arthur Phillip guided his fleet of 11 British ships carrying convicts to the colony of New South Wales, effectively founding Australia. After overcoming a period of hardship, the fledgling colony began to celebrate the anniversary of this date with great fanfare, and it eventually became commemorated as Australia Day. Australia, once known as New South Wales, was originally planned as a penal colony. In October 1786, the British government appointed Arthur Philip captain of the HMS Sirius and commissioned him to establish an agricultural work camp there for British convicts. With little idea of what he could expect from the mysterious distant land, Philip had great difficulty assembling the fleet that was to make the journey. His requests for more experienced farmers to assist in the penal colony were repeatedly denied, and he was both poorly funded and outfitted. Nonetheless, accompanied by a small contingent of Marines and other officers, Philip led his 1,000-strong party, of whom more than 700 were convicts, around Africa to the east side of Australia. In all, the voyage lasted eight months, claiming the death of some 30 men. The first years of the settlement were nearly disastrous, cursed with poor soil and an unfamiliar climate, workers who were ignorant of farming. Philip had great difficulty keeping his men alive. The colony was on the verge of an outright starvation for several years, and the Marines sent to keep order were not up to the task. Philip would prove to be a tough but fair-minded leader, persevered by appointing convicts to positions of responsibility and oversight. Floggings and hangings were commonplace, but so was egalitarianism. As Philip was uh, said before leaving England, in a new country there will be no slavery and hence no slaves. Though Philip returned to England in 1792, the colony became prosperous for the turn of the 19th century. Feeling a new sense of patriotism, men began to rally around the January 26th as their founding day. Historian Manning Clark noted that in 1808, the men observed the anniversary of the founding of the colony with drinking and merriment. In 1818, January 26th became the official holiday, marking the 30th anniversary of British settlement in Australia. As Australia became a sovereign nation, it became a nation holiday, national holiday known as Australia Day. Many Aboriginal uh, Australians call it Invasion Day. So interesting, the beginning of Australia. Governor Ron DeSantis was bestowed with the Union League of Philadelphia's highest medal of honor. The gold medal was first given to the President Abraham Lincoln in 1863. The Union League Heritage Center explained the medal is to be conferred on men who were regarded as deserving well of their country. The first silver medal recipients were members of Lincoln's cabinet. The NAACP protested the Union League's honor for DeSantis. They called for the venue that hosted the event to cancel it. One protester, Reverend Alan Waller of the Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church, slammed DeSantis for his administration recently denying the College Board's AP African American Studies course for implanting ideology. How are you going to honor someone in the city that's 44% African American and he's determined that the AP course on African American history has no educational value? That's not acceptable, he said. Well, of course, it didn't have any value. That's one of the, that's why they rejected it. The Florida Department of Education rejected the course due to lack of educational value and historical accuracy. The governor's office has called the course an avenue to be filled with ideological material. 
In response to the rejection, the college board announced it would update the course. The college board said it would release the course's official framework, which has been in the works since March of 2022, to replace the preliminary pilot course framework. The revised program uh, framework is expected to be released on February the 1st, which is the first day of Black History Month. DeSantis said, hey, we want to do history. That's not what our standards for for black history are. It's just cut and dried history. You learn the basics. You learn about the great figures. And, you know, I view it all as American history. I don't view it as a separate history. The governor, great leader, taking a stand and getting a nice reward, uh, uh, recognition in Philadelphia. Senators Blaise Ignolia and uh, State Representative Tony Oberhoff Oberdorf, I should say. Both Republicans filed two taxation bills aimed to protect Floridians from the federal government's Internal Revenue Service expansion. If passed, they would require state-chartered financial institutions to generate a regular report on IRS engagement or inquiries into Florida accounts, which means that the, to identify and potential patterns of discrimination or targeting well, you got to give these guys credit. I really appreciate this effort. Also, mandate Florida businesses received 1099s from online apps reporting digital monetary transactions above $600. The law would establish a civil liability trust fund to help Florida, Florida small business defend or even sue the IRS in the event of politically motivated audits or federal overreach. Like to have that protection from the state of Florida. I think that's a good idea. Hopefully sends a message to our legislators in Washington, D.C. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released a report Wednesday that admitted that most Americans who get the bivalent booster, the vaccine, are not protected against falling sick with COVID. The report found that updated shots were only 48% effective at stopping symptomatic infection caused by the uh, subvariant for up to three months. Those findings mean the bivalent shots for which the U.S. government paid 5 billion buckaroos last autumn, falls short of the World Health Organization's 50% efficacy threshold for an effective vaccine. These should be pulled off the market. Uh, and uh, no, no sense pushing these on, uh, on Americans, on citizens who are not aware of the uh, risk involved here. Uh, informed consent. That's the rule. That's the law. <clears throat> Ukraine is getting new tanks. Both the U.S. and Germany agreed yesterday to send tanks to Ukraine as it fends off Russia's invasion, something Ukraine has said it needs to win the war. The U.S. will send 31 M1 Abram tanks, while Germany will provide 14 Leopard 2A6 models, Though Western allies have been arming Ukraine since the war began nearly a year ago, there was hesitation over whether sending tanks would be considered an escalation. And while President Biden stressed the move was not an offensive threat to Russia, Russia stated that their sending tanks will make the possibility of peace talks less likely. So, boy, this is escalating. I don't know where it's all going to go, but boy, it looks like World War III to me, and this is uh, just dangerous territory. And by the way, USA to uh, Ukraine in its battle with Russia now exceeds the cost of the war in Afghanistan at the height of the surge in 2011. Millions of Americans oppose the massive spending and our involvement in the newest uh, forever war. But our leaders in Washington just can't seem to uh, send, send funds to Ukraine fast enough. American aid to Ukraine has established an annual expenditure, endless wars, like endless wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. As the protected war between, uh, protracted war between Ukraine and Russia continues unabated, congressional lawmakers and President Joe Biden have appropriated $110 billion in military and economic aid to Ukraine. Timothy Ash, a fellow at the uh, Chatham House, wrote, It's costing peanuts for the U.S. to defeat Russia. But here are the hard numbers. The cost of the war thus far is not, contrary to Ash, peanuts. The U.S. support for Ukraine in 2022 amounted to $68 billion, and the White House requested another $34 billion. In comparison, the war in Afghanistan cost $23 billion in, in, in the first two years. In 2011, at the height of the surge, the war cost $107 billion. The Iraq War cost $54 billion and $91 billion in the first two years, respectively. According to the Cost of War Project at Brown University, 
The failed global war on terror cost $8 trillion and caused more than 900,000 deaths, 900, deaths over the course of 20 years. When did American people ask for any of this? They say it's absolutely essential for world order, but uh, we have an open border south on the south. Don't know about uh, don't know about this. And of course, Ukraine is very corrupt. As Ukraine urges its allies to provide money and equipment to aid its defense against Russia, the corrupted, riddled government must prove that the funds won't go to waste. Fighting corruption is also crucial to Ukraine's efforts to build an alliance with Europe as it seeks EU membership. In June, the European Union recommended that Ukraine further strengthen the fight against corruption, in particular at the height level, through proactive and efficient investigations and a credible track record of prosecutions and convictions. But even during wartime, corruption is a constant uh, factor in Ukraine. Several cabinet ministers have been forced out of recent, uh, in recent days for accepting bribes or other forms of illegal profiteering. Corruption also plagued Ukraine society long before the war, according to a 2016 report by Watchdog Group, Transparency International. Between 38% and 42% of Ukrainian households reported paying a bribe to access basic services. That's what happens in Mexico as well. So it just creates a, uh, an expectation of corruption uh, from those that are serving in the public uh, domain. The Defense of uh, the Department of Defense has neglected to address its inability to track at least $220 billion in equipment provided to government contractors, according to a report from the Government Accountability Office. Auditors first reported the Pentagon's failure to account for government-owned equipment or material offered up for the use of contracting agencies, also called government furnishing property, in 2001, according to the report, the Department of Defense has made little improvement since then, increasing the risk that the Pentagon could accidentally overlook errors in the books. The Pentagon failed its fifth audit in a row in November since formally beginning the practice in 2018. That, according to Defense News, contractors could not provide expenditures for 61% or could not prove expenditures for 61% of the Pentagon's $3.5 trillion in assets and a total of $7.2 trillion in assets and liabilities for 2022 including uh, high-value weapons and equipment, 2.9 million personnel, and 643,900 physical assets. The property in question includes equipment and material contractors can use or consume for repairing and modifying weapons, according to the GAO. GAO said the Pentagon needs to develop a separate plan to identify the root cause of accounting deficiencies after finding the department-wide efforts have not been comprehensive and sufficiently detailed. Without a strategy, Department of Defense is in, uh, is in an increased risk that it, uh, efforts to mediate the government-furnished property me material weakness will continue. It's really a problem. Can you imagine billions and billions of dollars that's unaccounted for in the Pentagon? And... Uh, this, you know, it's one thing to pay taxes for good, for services provided by the government. This is just pure waste and fraud. And uh, quite frankly, it's got to stop. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. 
Lulubee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad and there's a lot of that going on, well, have you checked your health plan? Will you be covered if you're on for international travel? Most health plans don't cover international travel, and you can find out more for your very short money. Get insured while you're on the road. Go to internationalhealthplans.com, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Michael Cannon. He is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a coalition of uh, well over 250,000 people here in Florida. We focus on K-12 through education. Uh, the, uh, the key things we do is, uh, you know, we really focus on expanding school choice, uh, eliminating the, um, the, the, the overreach, the uh, indoctrination of our, ki- of our kids, uh, both in flavor of of the sexually explicit material, and uh, you know, this is the denigration of our constitutional values of individual freedom. A great organization, goflca.com is the website, goflca.com. Now, I understand you're in uh, Virginia. Yeah, we are. Um, I've got a couple of people here, and then we're headed to Missouri from here. Uh, it's a fairly complex thing, so maybe for a subject for another day, but bottom line, uh, we're going to be training uh, grassroots people to uh, throughout Florida to help moms and dads uh, and families uh, do one-room schoolhouses based on uh, you know a, a, a Christian uh, biblical worldview. Wow, terrific! So uh, the big news, of course, is that uh, HB one has been introduced with some fervor, with some enthusiasm, which would uh, help uh, create educational savings accounts. I want to get your thoughts on the details of the uh, legislation. Well, we've been huge supporters of the concept, uh, but the devil's always in the details. Arizona uh, did a bill that basically killed the independence of the homeschool market, and the way they did it is they required that anybody taking the, the scholarship money, uh, for, uh, in our case it would be HB uh, House Bill 1, uh, would have to do mandatory testing either in the flavor of national norm tests or state tests. Hmm. Uh, and, if you, and if you don't take those, those tests, then you don't get renewed for the funding. So I think all of us understand that tests are, I mean, curriculum comes from the tests. Yeah. Uh, and so what uh, many of these tests, that are on the state DOE that they're saying must be taken. That yeah, you, you have adoption of taking one or twenty, but many of them are Common Core compliant. Those that aren't are still mandatory. So you're still interjecting uh, a tops-down control uh, with an attitude. You know, you take you take the government money. You you must you must do what we tell you to do. And uh, 
we're work, we've been work, we're very supportive of the concept. I know I want people to really understand that we love the concept. The problem and the devil is always in the details, and what they are doing right now is, in our view, um, you know, a, a complete takeover of, of of government education for all private education in Florida. Uh, we've been working behind the scenes up front. We've been thanking him for doing something creative. Um, Pastor Rick is up in. Uh, um, Tallahassee today, it's the first of three hearings in the House. It will be a celebration uh, because, the, you know, the, 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 the chambers have all lined up behind uh, doing this. What we're trying to do behind the scenes, mm-hmm. working with the governor's office and with uh, some of the leaders, is say, hey, wait a minute. The concept is terrific, but, but you've got you, you to not have a government takeover of, of all of private education in Florida. I mean, it flies in the very face of uh, of governor's election and, you know, 20% margin of victory because he was building a, f- a free state. So how, what, is it a, how is it a free state to, to, to take over our, our government education with mandatory um, regulations and funding that the uh, you must follow if you want the money. It's just, it just doesn't make sense to us. Yeah, well, and I understood now. Have you, uh, what kind of a feedback are you getting on these comments from, for example, the governor's office and the Commissioner of Education? Well, we haven't met directly with the Commissioner of Education yet. We've met with uh, Americans for Prosperity who claim, uh, and I believe, uh, were the ones who, who helped write the, Renner write the bill, Speaker Renner. Uh, we've had four meetings with the, with the governor's um, chief of staff, but not before we saw the bill. We have a meeting with him on Friday, tomorrow, uh, where we'll we'll have an opportunity to say, okay, now that we've seen the bill, here are the problems. Now we've sent him the content, so uh, he knows uh, he knows our concerns. We've sent the concerns to all of the um, leadership uh, and education leadership in the Senate. I mean, in the House and uh, several people in the Senate. Uh, so. Again, we're threading a needle here, Bob. Absolutely, because this we, this type of thing can end up killing the entire bill you know, if it's not handled properly. Well, it, it, you know, and when you step back and just look at this, and I was, had the opportunity yesterday flying to just step back from the fire a little bit and say, wait a minute, why would they do this? The governor is is making a huge difference fighting for Florida as a free state. Why wouldn't you trust individuals? Why wouldn't you create an environment that inspires parents uh, either to homeschool or private school their kids, support them, and not burden them with a bunch of regulation? Yeah. Why would you do that? Especially because, you know, right, uh, uh, for example, uh, classical uh, education, it might be the test would be not geared towards uh, what the students have been studying, quite frankly. So uh, a universal test might fit the public school curriculum, but why not allow children to be educated the way the parents want them educated with the education or the curriculum that uh, makes sense for them? As exactly. Opposed- uh, and the governor's been on that theme. You know, parental rights has been a huge thing to him. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're hopeful that we can get uh, saner minds to prevail. And it, the fixes are really easy. We've offered them the, uh, very specific solutions. We probably don't have time to go through them on your show, but we've offered them very specific solutions as to how they could uh, simply modify the bill and, and, and embrace freedom, educational freedom, rather than make it a one-size-fits-all government education system. I, I must say, it sounds uh, suspiciously like the law in Arizona that was passed. It, it is in in terms of its impact exactly. Yeah, so maybe uh, Americans for Prosperity simply took the bill from Arizona and just replicated it without doing the the homework and, and uh, being prepared. Well, I, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I think it's really a ma- more a matter of being tone deaf to the needs of the uh, yeah you know in, in to the private marketplace. Um, you know, many politicians and, and Pastor Rick just heard this in spades yesterday. Um, you know, it, it's it's our money, it's government money, and if you take it, you must do what we tell you. Well, it's not their money; it's our tax money it's, they've taken away from. It. Exactly. And so this attitude of you know, it's 
it's our money and we have the right to regulate you. You can tell I'm passionate about this. Yes, well, we, you know what? If anybody can get this done, I know you and Pastor Rick can pull it off. So uh, hopefully well, we're going to work at it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Before I let you go, uh, any comments at all about the event coming up in, in uh, March? Oh, yeah. Uh, things are progressing very well. We just uh, are putting out, I think yesterday our team put out a, a uh, video from uh, Newt Gingrich, who's our keynote speaker. Um, that's a short promotion of that. And so uh, we're, we're, we've sold out of VIP tickets. Uh, we've got a, a, a good number of sponsorships, but we still have sponsorship opportunities available. Uh, but there's still uh, tickets to, 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 uh, to acquire. And, and, and I'm going to sound like I'm begging a little bit, but this is a, our huge uh, event for us to, uh, to do what we do. Absolutely. And so we really need, <clears throat> we need people to support us uh, buy a ticket, buy some tickets for your friends. If you can't come, buy tickets for veterans or students um, and, and you know, help us keep doing uh, what we think is some very successful work. Absolutely. GoFLCA.com is the website. GoFLCA.com. Keith, really appreciate your commentary on the show and the work that you're doing in Tallahassee for Florida students. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Have a great weekend for you and your listeners, Bob. You as well. Thank you so much, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratuscale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodge University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Choicesocial.us. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He is the director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. So we're a think tank in Washington, D.C. We are a libertarian think tank, which means we're neither Republican nor Democrat. We're neither conservative nor left and center. We are libertarians, which means we want you to be able to live your life however you want, as long as you respect the equal rights of others. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O dot org. So, Michael, uh, a new drug has been approved by the FDA. It's for obesity, and I wanted to get your thoughts. So there have been a couple of uh, uh, drugs and developments uh, in, in, the, in the development of uh, 
drugs to fight obesity, to reduce obesity. It's a big problem in the United States, um, less so, but still a problem around the world. And what these, these drugs have shown some promise in helping people take off weight and keep it off. Uh, I saw one study that found that, you know, after two years, one of these drugs was able to help people keep 5% of their previous body weight on average off for, for a two-year period. And this is a big deal. You know, obesity contributes to all sorts of diseases, runs up uh, individuals' uh, uh, health medical bills. It uh, increases the tax burden of government programs like Medicare and Medicaid. And so if there are new treatments that are safe and effective at bringing down <clears throat> uh, uh, overweight, then uh, that can not only, you know, help people lead, potentially help people lead better, happier lives, uh, it can also make them healthier. It can also reduce their medical expenses and potentially reduce the burden of government programs, uh, the tax burden of government programs. So, so it might surprise you to hear, now that you've heard me say that, it might also surprise you to hear me say that the government should not be subsidizing these drugs right. through the Medicare and Medicaid programs. Well, it doesn't surprise me. In my view, uh, the, you know, what happened to the whole sense of uh, the idea of a, a good diet and exercise, <laughs> getting some sunlight and so forth, uh, not being in front of video games all day and that kind of thing. And in other words, yeah, sugar is the enemy it is uh, and uh, of course there was a big campaign to by the sugar industry to, to uh, sell fat as the problem you, you need low fat food Confli and if, if you go into the grocery store you see people that are overweight buying diet pepsi diet this diet that no fat this and that you know it's sugar that creates the problems in my opinion so uh we, we need to focus on the right things well there's a lot to, to back up that that story that uh, that uh, it's, it's it's sugars it's uh, it is um, it is uh, certain processed sugars like high fructose corn syrup and if that's a concern of yours you should know that the government your own government has been steering the market in the direction of uh, sugars like high fructose corn syrup by uh, the way it regulates the production and the um, importation uh, from other countries of uh of cane sugar yeah uh, if you've had a mexican soda as we call it that's a coca or uh, mexican coke that's a coca-cola made with cane sugar rather than the high fructose corn syrup they used to make it in the united states uh, and it's a little pricier and it's pricier because the government makes it that way so so if that's a concern you should know that the government is steering us toward uh those types of sugars um but uh the uh you know, a bigger or uh, the concern here when it comes to the Medicare program and the Medicaid program and whether they should cover these 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 drugs is, well, first of all, I think we should back up and say uh, and recognize that for all, all of human, almost all of human history, obesity has not been a problem. Right. Starvation has been a problem. Right. You're much more likely to starve than you were uh, to die because uh, you had too many calories. Right. And and so first. I think a little bit of perspective is in order. The fact that we have an obesity problem is a result of the massive increase in wealth and prosperity over the last 200 years. It is a problem. Uh, I hope we find ways to remedy it, uh, but but it is uh, we have to file it under nice problems to have. And uh, certainly, uh, if you if the alternative is starvation, and uh, now does that mean that? Uh, it would be nice to have some, uh, 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 you know, a pill that would fix this problem. Yeah. Um, and uh, just like it would have, be nice to have a pill that fixes all sorts of other health problems. And and so you may be wondering, well, if, if you're so concerned about obesity and you uh, are hopeful that these medications work, why wouldn't you want the government to cover them? Why wouldn't you want the government yeah. to subsidize uh, these, these pills? And there are a lot of reasons. Uh, one is... I don't really trust the government to get the calculus right. Right. We had the, uh, to get the cost-benefit calculus right, 
uh, I don't really trust the FDA when it comes to you know its its decisions about its its pronouncements about whether drugs are safe and effective, nor the Medicare Medicaid programs uh, about when it comes to the whether these medications are cost effective, uh, and and I and so it's certainly been the case that the Medicare and Medicaid programs have covered drugs that are not cost effective, and even more so in situations yeah. and for patients where they are not cost effective. It just doesn't do a very good job of making those trade-offs. And perhaps one of the worst things about Medicare and Medicaid subsidizing uh, these products is it encourages the drug makers to set the prices as high as they possibly can, because Medicare and Medicaid are absolutely terrible price negotiators. Yeah. Um, the the Medicaid program not only encourages uh, higher drug prices and uh, uh, ends up charging taxpayers excessive drug prices for excessive drug prices, but the Medicaid program and and probably the Medicare program as well also results in higher prices for private insurance and private payers because it says to drug companies the government will pay a percentage of what you charge the private sector and so what do they do well they they don't. They jack up the prices that they charge the private sector so you can get more money out of the government. Um, and if you want, uh, if you want to keep down the prices that we're paying for these drugs so that they become more widely available for people, you don't want government throwing money at them. You want to change the Medicare and Medicaid programs so that the patients are more cost conscious and they exert discipline on the drug companies so that uh, these dr- the prices for these drugs come down more and more people can afford them. And again, that's all assuming that these are that these are safe and effective products. Right, exactly. Well, I want to just underscore the comment that you made because I think it's a wise comment indeed. Don't trust the government from what they're telling you because in many cases, I'm not in all cases, but in many cases you have misleading information. That includes the CDC, the FDA, and so many other uh, areas that affect our health. So, uh, Michael, this is great commentary. I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show and discussing this. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, Bob. Take care. My my pleasure, indeed. Again, Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O.org. Okay, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the very robust website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. And we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and um, it's an uphill battle. It certainly is, and you you went off to Belize to fight the battle. <laughs> uh, just a really entrancing, well, a very interesting. I don't, know I, I don't know if I went to fight the battle. I went to uh, there was a it was a white flag I was waving. <laughs> I got to ask you because uh, I'm so curious. I'm really uh, fascinated by your decision to do what you're doing, and uh, I'm just really appreciative of the fact that you're enjoying life there. How's healthcare? How's uh? What do you do for? Uh, um, there's. I'm on a little peninsula, um, in the southern part called Placencia, and there's a there's an emergency care facility here. Um, I would imagine the nearest hospital is in Dangriga, which is an hour away. Uh-huh. Um, which you know, if you think in rural America, that's similar distances. Sure. Um, my my realtor, who is my neighbor at the moment, um had some intestinal issues, she had to have surgery, she went to Mexico City, and she said it was amazing, it was great, it was, um, it was, uh, first rate, first class, uh, you know, facilities, everything like that, but she said she really liked the doctor, she just got back from a, you know, a follow-up, uh, last week, and, um, I have, uh, a global insurance policy that's, it's catastrophic only, uh, which you know, this is in America, so you know, uh, my na- my another neighbor, a Cana- Canadian expat, went and got five prescriptions that cost like forty dollars U.S. Wow, <laughs> for for five prescriptions. So you don't need, you know, comprehensive coverage because everything is so cheap. It, you know, the day to day, you know, the normal stuff. It's the way insurance should be. Yeah, it's you know, the, the you know, car insurance doesn't pay for your oil changes. It's for when you wrap your car around the tree. Yeah, so it's, and it's, health insurance should be the same thing. Your oil changes, your checkups, or everything should be reasonably priced. And you know, the, the, the doctors aren't screwing you on those on those small things. It's the, the system has forced them into screwing you. So and it's like that. Here, it's, you don't need an Obamacare workaround. No, it's it's it, the little stuff is so inexpensive. You pay for it out of pocket, and then if you get really sick, you you, you do it. My 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 uh, realtor did, and you go to a major place and pay pay. I, I I don't know if she has insurance or not. I don't know. She's a very successful realtor down here, and her husband was an engineer in South Africa before they moved here. So I don't know what you know. You don't want to pry into people's financial situations, right? Um, but. But 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 you know, uh, my I I I've made absolutely sure that my insurance covers catastrophic stuff. So if I need intestinal surgery and I have to go to Mexico City, it's covered. Great. But other than that, the smaller stuff. And fortunately, knock on wood, I take pretty good care of myself. And and unless I get into a car accident or something, I haven't had any. <laughs> I haven't had any issues. That's and good. I'm going to the chiropractor for the first time on on Friday, here in Belize. Um, I haven't done that yet because she was on vacation, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Because I, I, I go, I went once every three weeks in the United States, and it's been almost two months. So I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for you, Seton. So you're still uh, writing columns. And, uh, this one, life's information, less information dominance, and a DC question no one asks, but everyone should. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, of course. The less information dominance is pretty obvious, right? They, they control big government. They yeah. control. Um, Big, big media, big tech, big Hollywood. Um, I just, I just saw. Did you? I don't know if you saw last night on Brett Baer's show on Fox, the the, the CEO of Meta, no. which is Facebook's Facebook's parent company, lie his face off on television about uh, you know. Oh, we didn't, we didn't, we made a conscious decision not to censor during, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic and all yeah. that. They kicked. <laughs> Trump off Facebook. Yeah, that's. <laughs> he just got reinstated that day, yesterday. Yeah, unbelievable. And the same day he's reinstated, we didn't do anything to censor anybody. You just reinstated the, the, the who was then the sitting president of the United States today. You clown. Yeah, I know. Um, 
So, so anyway, they dominate the information. The question I raise that no one in D.C. does is, of course, you know, uh, there was an avalanche of headlines uh, since basically for two months since uh, the election and then the Senate, uh, the Democrats picking up a Senate seat um, is, you know, re-nominate, uh, uh, confirm, now it's time to confirm Gigi Stone to the FCC and, and, uh, and reimpose net neutrality. And the question D.C. is supposed to ask is, okay, before an executive branch agency can do anything, has Congress passed a law telling it to do that? Thing? Right. And, of course, they haven't done that with net neutrality uh, in the, in, in the, uh, for the FCC. And it's just, it's, it's just frustrating because all these agencies doing all these things that they were never empowered to do, you know, um, to the best of my knowledge, for example, the EPA has never been empowered by Congress to, in fact, I know it hasn't, to, to regulate um, carbon. Congress yep. has never empowered them to do that. And in fact, the Supreme Court ruled that last June, right. June of 22, uh, saying you're writing law. You, Congress is supposed to write law. You're supposed to enforce it. You can't give yourself authorities. Congress has to give you sir. And of course, the second question, never, D.C. question, no one ever asks is, okay, the agencies have to wait for Congress to tell them to do something. The second question is, is the Constitution empowering the Congress to do that thing? Right. Before they write law, they're supposed to look at the Constitution and say, okay, we want to regulate carbon. Does the Constitution expressly empower Congress to regulate con carbon? Yeah. You know, this is not a Second Amendment, you know, uh, that was for muskets, and this is AR-15. Yeah. No, the point of it was, they, you know, the Constitution was written by people who just overthrew the tyrannical government. And so, yes, you're supposed to have AR-15s because the government has AR-15s and worse. So this is not one of those evolutionary questions with the EPA. This is a specific policy that the Congress has not been expressly empowered to bestow upon the executive branch. Yeah. So, yes. So they can't regulate carbon at all. And then the question becomes, you know, remember, this is the same Supreme Court, obviously, with different, some, some different justices that bizarrely ruled that carbon dioxide was a pollutant. I know. When it's not. Ask any tree. So, <laughs> um, so, so, you know, you get all these people getting outside their lanes because remember, that was the Supreme Court writing law yeah. that they're, they're not supposed to do, which is carbon dioxide is a pollutant. No, it's not. You, yeah. First of all, you're not members of Congress. Second of all, you're not scientists. That's so, so no, yeah, it's, you, can't, you can't unilaterally de declare carbon dioxide a pollutant. One, it's on its face stupid. And two, you don't have the authority to do it. You know, Congress, I mean, we, we have so many problems. Instead of focusing on solving problems, they actually create more problems. <laughs> like Every time I see, I just saw Tom Cotton, who's ordinarily a pretty good senator from Arkansas, babbling on and on about how vitally important it is to support Ukraine. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, here's another question for D.C., Say Russia completely conquers Ukraine. Yeah. How does that affect one American citizen? It doesn't. <laughs> See, it doesn't at all. Seat Molly. It's a irrelevant border <clears throat> skirmish on the other side of the planet, and we've turned it into, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's a possible nuclear war. Well, it wouldn't be if we weren't arming one side. That's exactly right. Seat Molly, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also follow... Uh, less government on Facebook. Seaton, always entertaining, fun, and interesting to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you very much, sir. My, my pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Mart Barnett, former mayor of Naples. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and they know policy. They uh, will help prepare your elected officials to win in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show, as always. Well, <laughs> first of all, uh, uh, a comment of, of remorse for the B- uh, Buffalo Bills. They just didn't pull it off this week. Nah, they, they, they didn't look good, and uh, they certainly didn't play well. And, you know, hey, look, we had a fun season. I mean, um, you know, week after week with wins is, 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 a, is a fun way to go. And uh, we're still avid fans, obviously, as yep. uh, you guys are Pats fans. And uh, next year is a new year, right, with new faces. And uh, 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 we'll say, hey, well, next year will be it for us, like everybody else does, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Josh Allen seemed to be uh, – wasn't on the top of his game. I, I don't think so. I wonder if that hurt the performance. No, you know, I, I – I candidly think the snow hurt them also. Huh. I mean, obviously Cincinnati played great. I mean, they, they looked good and yeah. they played well. Now, if you didn't talk about uh, uh, football on the bottom part of the show, I mean, you got to figure out this weekend's games are going to be pretty amazing. I mean, San Francisco at Philadelphia and um, Cincinnati at Kansas City, uh, that, those are going to be interesting and very difficult, I think, to pick. A winner, um, yeah. But we'll 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 be watching. So meanwhile, in um, in in Naples, uh, I heard from a friend of mine who um, coming into town, and he said, "Listen, you want to going to be here for a few weeks?" And he said, "I tried to make some restaurant reservations." And I said, "Yeah, and and he said the couple that I tried to book down on Fifth and some of the other, you know, uh, higher end." They were booked out six weeks. I said, are you kidding? He said, no, I'm serious. Wow. He said, that looks like the heart of season is going to be a real heart of season and, and hard to get a reservation. You still go to Blue Provence? We are there last night. It was just absolutely fantastic. We- yeah, well, well, Chris and I had an, a public ask for you on the radio. Uh, we we uh, decided last, last week we haven't been here in a long time, so when you and... Uh, 
Linda get a free night that you're uh, going down there. Give us a, give us a shout and some advance notice so we can join you. How's oh, that? That'd be perfect. That'd be wonderful. That's inviting yourself, by the way. No, no, it'd be <laughs> always fun and uh, entertaining to be with you all. So, in fact, last night the, the Blue Provence was just fantastic, and I just really admire what you know he closed on September the 28th because of the hurricane and opened on November the 3rd. They had water clear up to beyond the windowsills. Yeah, I knew they did. And uh, somehow, some way, he pulled off that complete refurbishing of the place was totally destroyed by Ian. And right, uh, he right. he he got it back in uh, first rate shape, and uh, it looks fantastic. That's great. That's great. Yeah, you know, I um, uh, it's it's nice to see. And you know, there were there were a lot of our favorite restaurants that 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 were damaged, but they all seem to have. Um, Come back, and now with the people in town, and um, I mean, every night they're uh, they're booked to the hilt, which is really nice to see. Yeah, uh, and uh, I must say we're we're we're, uh, we're early diners, so we usually five or five thirties when we yeah, uh, make yeah. our reservations, and we really enjoy that. But by uh, by six o'clock, every table was packed. I mean, it was a uh, and everybody right. was having a ball. I mean, the <laughs> the din in there was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that's and and I I think that's great. And you know, I used to think that early dining was it was kind of like nah, I don't know, I don't think I could eat at five thirty or whatever. But now I find that I can. I don't think it's old age that's doing it. But what's nice about it is when you get in there early, obviously everything is is, is super fresh and they're all raring to go. And the thing is, is that you still have the same amount to drink. The food is as good as it's going to be for the for the night um right. and they don't rush you out of there and no. then you have your dinner and your drinks and it, uh, and it works out great you get home to watch your favorite shows that's exactly right and uh, <laughs> also i mean uh, it's easier to get a reservation as well so uh, oh sure it's sure. Uh, it's yeah. at at those hours so that's the problem is if you want a six or six thirty or seven o'clock reservation it's going to be hard this time of year to to do that in any restaurant so right right you have to book way 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 out in in advance meanwhile on the political scene i i just um i see now that the county wants to ban uh medical marijuana uh shops have you seen that i did see that that makes I mean, uh, I, I don't know if that's a, uh, a virtue signaling or what's going on. You know, hey, we're. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, since it's legal, I don't understand why they don't want to have right. some sort of outlet. Why do Why do citizens of uh, Collier County have to drive up to Lee, Lee County in order to get their medical marijuana? Well, I I, I don't. I was wondering uh, what you were going to say on that because I had the same feelings and the same thoughts. It's like, um, is there really a good reason for this? Yeah, we're talking about medical marijuana. Medical marijuana and it's legal, like you just said, and so so why make them drive out of out of the county? I I just I don't get that one at all. No, neither do I. And they have uh, some rules. I mean, they, it's it's an entirely cash business. They don't right. allow taking credit cards, and so they've right. got some real constraints on on the doing business uh, with medical marijuana. Quite frankly, uh, you know, I I'm for legalizing drugs i realize it might be a minority position but quite frankly we spent so much money on the war on uh, drugs and right. uh, it's created all kinds of murders violence all kinds of things going on in the country and you know if people are going to use marijuana you want to make sure it's pure make sure it's well uh, properly grown and so right. forth and uh, therefore and you can't you can't regulate uh, what we consider to be illegal so it, people are using it so we should legalize yeah. it yeah, I mean for sure. Um, they 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 they've got to do something about it. But you know, and uh, I see, um, you know, there's some good things going on. Um, I I know that we're we're slowly but surely getting back. Um, they're they're working pretty hard. I know there's there's still quite a few beach ends uh, in the city that are not um, not done uh, not you know, not reworked, which they need, they need the work because yeah. Ian did such bad damage. And one of them that I know I'm very familiar with because I performed many, many wedding services there was that on eighth and eighth, you know, the nice, uh, beautiful piece of grass with the benches and then sure. right down to the beach. Well, that one took a real beating and, uh, they said that that won't be open for a while. Um, because the stairs leading up to it and everything else were just destroyed. 
So, you know, we still have some more to go, but there are some that are open and people are happy. I think the bottom line, Bob, is that they want to get Loudermilk Park open as fast as possible. And, of course, you know, that because that would take some of the parking issues uh, out of the way, and uh, that's a park that we sure need. So I know they're working on that. So other than that, on the political scene, watching the meetings is just, is the same as ever. I don't understand what they're doing half the time, so I'm not sure they do. Well, Bill Barnett, we've got a date for Blue Provence. We've got to get a date, I should say, but looking forward to have dinner with you and Chris. Just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Bob, and you have a good one. Stay dry. You too. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for tomorrow, including Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, and William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation and former uh, ambassador to the Vatican, as well as former congressman here in Collier County, uh, a U.S. congressman. uh, Francis Rooney will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.